there's so many things that I'm deficient in right now that I just need to go out and learn. Yeah. Right. So eventually I think you just need to pick something and start. And even if it's not, you know, the vehicle that you're going to stay in forever, I think starting and doing something is better than not doing anything. Yay. You made it to another episode of the We Can Hustle podcast. My name is Shelby Oleschlager. The question is, how do you create the best experiences for ourselves? Well, for me, I did the work and I know that it looks completely different for everybody, but the universal rules apply to us all. In this podcast, I share the lessons I have learned from riding, training, and competing with horses, as well as guest stories to share, motivate, and inspire us all to be the best that we can be. Together, we can hustle. Today we have one of my dear friends and fellow entrepreneur, horse girl, farmer, all the amazing things. Michelle Duran is here, the founder and creator of Duran Farm and Ranchware. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining us and wanting to put yourself out there even before today. You've been doing this for so for quite a while of just being such an advocate for the things you're passionate about and just the the mission and the voice that you want others to have, which is to really just chase your dreams, do the things and follow through and just not being afraid. And I'm so proud of you from where we were before. A little backstory, I helped Michelle start her podcast a couple years ago, Prosperity Agriculture, I believe. And, you know, from there, it just opened so many doors to where you are today. So I just want to say thank you. And to get started, tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for that intro. And yes, actually, like getting started with that podcast was a huge catalyst to where I am now. Um, And I, I think it's a cool story to share. I mean, I am by no means going to be the most successful guest that you interview. I haven't won a world titles on any of that stuff. But I think it's a neat story in the fact that, you know, I grew up just like a a very regular childhood, had no aspirations to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. I really did not see that for myself at all. And it wasn't until the last few years in my late 20s that I really realized that I wasn't going to find the fulfillment that I was seeking in the workplace, um, that I was meant to create my own space. But it it was not something that came naturally for me. I didn't have that innate self-confidence. And so I really had to work at that um, listening to podcasts, you know, hearing guests like some of the ones that you've had on your shows and others, watching other um, friends, other women be successful in their pursuits, and then just taking very small steps like the podcast to start doing things on my own and create confidence. And, um, and that is what has led me to where I am now. And so I now have a, a women's workwear brand that I started a few years ago during Farm and Ranchwear, DFR for short. So I make women's overalls and I'm working on other gear for farm women, horse chicks who like staying warm and looking cute in the wintertime and, you know, women in construction, the trades, which has been very cool. Um, the other side of what I do, I'm also an agronomist. And so for folks who aren't in the ag world, I help farmers um, manage the crops in their fields. 
So I help them with planning for seed fertilizer chemical and am out in the fields a lot during the spring, summer, and fall months. And so I took a leap to self-employment last fall. So I'm now self-employed doing independent agronomy as well as working to build DFR. Amazing. There's so many <laughs> things that I want to talk about just as far as, you know, branching out to do your own thing and that leap of faith a little bit of you are now your soul, you know, the the creator of it all. Like you're the one that has to get your clients, get your customers and do all the work, do the full beginning to end of that process. The one thing you talked about that I would love to dive in a little bit more because I like to go deep right away is just sure. confidence. You said how you weren't confident. And then by doing these things, you slowly built the confidence. So what was that journey like? What do you really think was the catalyst for you? Or like, how did you get to that place of starting to actually build the confidence? And what did those steps look like? Sure. So a lot of factors, I would say, but I mean, something I probably haven't mentioned before is that I think sometimes you really just have to hit a low to realize that you're not heading in the direction that you want to. And for me, the low was just lack of fulfillment, honestly. You know, like I had done everything that I was kind of supposed to up until that point. You know, I went to university, I'd always had good grades, kind of coasted through school, did the extracurriculars, got out of school, was on different organizations. Um, but just really wasn't finding the fulfillment that I wanted to in the workplace. Um, and I was, you know, starting to see other friends of mine going home to work on the farm. You know, others were headed off to be doctors. I had another girlfriend um, who had recently started her own business. And I was kind of like, man, you know, like I just, I was not meant to go to work and just put in time. I felt like I could be providing more value to others. And um, so I just kind of had to hit like rock bottom for myself to really kind of, I think, care less about what other people might think and care more about how I felt. And so the first thing that, that I ever really did to branch out outside of that box of the workplace or of school was to start this podcast. And the reason being was, you know, I was providing value to growers that I was working with in my local geography but I felt that I could like I could provide value um, to people at a greater radius and so I started this podcast and that was just a great way for me to do something that was very much on my own I could set the rules nobody could take that away from me mm-hmm. and um, gave me confidence just that I was providing more folks value and also forced me to do what you've done which is reach out to folks that maybe you know but don't know very well mm-hmm. ask them to give up time in their day to come on a podcast with you and then you know put your voice out into the world for strangers to listen to right and it it sounds all small right but it, it's baby steps and so that was kind of the the first thing that gave me you know a little boost of self-confidence and kind of got the ball rolling that podcast led to an interview um, with a local agronomist who's very well respected has had an, an exceptional career and I interviewed him and I was just very captivated by the career that he had built for himself. Um, I felt that I had a lot that I could learn for him. And so I approached him after the podcast to ask him about working for him. And it just so happened that he had a mat leave coming up. 
And it worked out well that he agreed to bring me on. And so, you know, I, I go from a job where I'm not feeling super fulfilled um, into an independent agronomy role, which was the direction that I had always wanted to take. And it was it was neat because, you know, it, it all happened because of this podcast. Otherwise, I'd have had no reason to get in touch with him. And then also, you know, taking initiative to say, hey, I'd like to come work for you. So that was kind of, you know, the first step. And so now I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about myself, right? I'm, I'm getting a little bit of confidence here. Um, and then kind of like in a, a weird turn of events, something that I had always thought about doing, but never had really known how to do or tried um, was buying and selling trailer horse trailers like imported from the US to Canada. And this is a weird side tangent, but something that really has helped me a lot. Um, so I thought about this for years and just never done it. But I was always the girl who could find a good deal on a trailer if a friend was looking for one. And so finally, I um, I decided it was it was during the COVID-19 pandemic and the price of everything was going crazy here. And I could see that there were a lot of, you know, good deals for sale in the States. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. Um, and I couldn't cross the border easily at the time. So I ended up working to find a commercial hauler to work with who could go across pick the trailers up, bring them back for me. I would do work on them, get them safety, all that kind of stuff. And um, in a little over a year, like I had bought and sold like 15 trailers, <laughs> most out of the States. And, and that was so good for me because I, it really taught me to take risks um, because I was buying something sight unseen from somebody that I had never met before. It's sketchy, right? But <laughs> Um, but I was, uh, I was so driven to, to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it taught me to take risks, but then it also taught me that I could make money for myself. And that was really the first time that I realized like, Oh, like, you know, I can make money for myself outside of a job. And, and I know that, like, I know we know that, but I think it's just, um, it's something that you maybe have to experience for yourself or at least, at least I did. And so, I took that that very small step and that really helped to build my own confidence um, around the same, I should say a, a little bit before I had started, um, started flipping the trailers and before I had moved into this independent agronomy role back when I was kind of in that negative headspace, I'd also been thinking about the possibility of a workwear line. Um, and again, the reason being was, you know, I just, I wasn't feeling super fulfilled at the time. I had started to see small Western boutiques like Cole Cactus and Kicking Cowgirl and Tin and Turquoise start to have success in their brands. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, very cool that they're all located in rural locations, just like I am. And they're building something predominantly online. I'm like, I think that's something that I could do. And I could see that there was a void in the area of women's workwear. And it was something that I've always been passionate about. You know, like I, I grew up on a farm. I love wearing my Carhartt or my Dickies. Like, I, you know, it's something I put on. I just feel kind of invincible against the elements. Um, but I had some grievances with the design and whatnot. And so around that time, I was like, you know, well, maybe I'll just I'll just try this. So that's kind of like going on in the background. And then I, I kind of get the ball rolling with, with flipping the trailers, getting into an agronomy role that I'm a little bit more happy with. And, um, and then from there, you know, it kind of just got to a point for me where 
I realized that, um, you know, eventually you do need to sit down and focus on something. I felt like I was kind of going several different directions. Um, and I also learned just, you know, your, your time is very valuable. And so uh, last summer, I, I spent a lot of time just kind of figuring out, you know, where, which direction do I want to head here? Um, and I realized that I thought that there was potential with DFR and I really didn't want to get in my own way there by being too scared to take a risk to commit more time, energy, money towards it. And so last summer was when I, I kind of made the decision that I was going to um, take up self-employment just to give myself uh, a little bit more time to split my time and energy as I felt that I needed to in a day um, and focus more on the agronomy pursuits that I really enjoyed as well as working to build DFR. So that's a bit of the summary of how everything came about. <laughs> that's amazing. There's so many things there that are just like, I just love the story of the idea that it happened very naturally for you and you hit rock bottom and then you slowly took little steps here and there, like actually took real action to make those changes. And then before you knew it, like you probably didn't realize doing the horse trailers was going to help you so much of giving you the confidence and those skills that an entrepreneur needs of taking risks, putting yourself out there, believing in something enough that you're willing to sacrifice maybe the comfort of something else and the security to chase after something that you believe in and to give it a fair shot. And I think that's so important for a lot of people. And I personally relate a lot to that story, just of the idea of you can't spread yourself too thin. And if you want to give something the best chance of success, yourself included, you really have to kind of pick and choose a little bit what you're going to focus your time on because like you said like there's only so much time that we have and just really focusing on what you want and taking the time to be like what is it that I want to be pursuing here and how can I give it the best chance of survival and to succeed and the one thing you mentioned just that I want to circle back on that I think is an important note that really I think is a superpower for a lot of people to do the scary things is you said provide value so can you mm -hmm. talk about just that importance of providing value with everything that you've done and how you feel like that's really helped you just with this evolution of yourself and your businesses for sure. I mean, I guess I, I've said this before that I am totally a fulfillment seeker. And, and so, yes, like anything that I do, I do want to feel like I am providing value and I want to feel like I'm using the gifts that are unique to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of tasks in a day um, that a lot of people could accomplish, but I think that there's very few things that only you Shelby can do or only I Michelle can do like to the best of our ability. Right. And so I, you know, I found within agronomy, um, there are certain niches that I've been able to um, maybe help growers more than say another agronomist, because it's an area of interest um, for me in particular, that's just working with say livestock farmers on forages that's not something that every agronomist focus on. I found that it's something I'm more interested in, um, have spent more time developing my skills in. And so I'm able to help growers a little bit more. And then I get fulfillment out of that when I see that they have results. Um, and, and same thing, you know, with the workwear. And, and like I said, you know, the summer of 2022, I, I did spend a lot of time just kind of soul searching, uh, figuring out exactly where I was going to spend my time. And if you look at, you know, this 
um, business that I'm in, it's not the best business to be in. Like I'll be completely transparent. You know, I, I don't know exactly the stats, but I'd, I'd have to imagine that, you know, at least 80 to 90% of people working in agriculture are men, right? Women are a small portion of that. Clothing is a tricky business because you spend a lot of money upfront, right? You've got very high manufacturing costs, your reliance on other people. You have got sizing to contend with um, and inventory to manage. If you look at it in terms of a business model, something like a Netflix, um, where you don't really have to own much, don't really have to invest much capital, you have something subscription-based, that's a way better business model, right? Like I'm, I'm not naive to that at all. But is that something that I feel like I'm providing, you know, like my unique value and gifts to? No, not really. Um, you know, with the work where I love the fact that I can give women confidence to feel great about what they're wearing and what they look like when they go to the barn where they spend 90% of their time. Um, I think that I can make them laugh through my social media efforts and make them feel seen in the things that they do and see on a day-to-day basis that, you know, they may not get to share with everybody. And so I feel like for, for me, that's kind of how I've found to, uh, to give value. And that's what makes me feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I love that. And just the, like a lot of people I think are chasing like that quick, rich thing. Like if there's entrepreneurs listening and I know myself, like there's so many things out there to be like this business model, like pursue this, pursue that. But it's like, if it doesn't align with you and what you feel is your value, I don't think like you can't be sustainable with it. It can't last forever because it's not authentic to yourself. And I just love that that was really important for you of you knowing what's real for you and what you can offer those people. And you're willing to take those risks as a means to do what is truly meant for you, not something else that just might be easier or the better business model of 2020. You know what I mean? Totally. And to add to that too, I mean... At some point, you just have to pick something. And I don't know that, you know, you might not always make the right decision. Um, but I look at this like, you know, if, if I can go out and make this business venture successful, even if it doesn't get to, say, the level that I would want it to, if I can make this successful, I can probably go make something else successful, mm-hmm. right? But there's so many things that I'm deficient in right now that I just need to go out and learn. Yeah. Right. So eventually, I think you just need to pick something and start. And even if it's not, you know, the vehicle that you're going to stay in forever, I think starting and doing something is better than not doing anything. Yeah, totally. And love that you just brought up vehicles because one of my favorite metaphor is just the idea like you can't turn a a parked car around. The car needs to be. Yeah. So it's totally. like if you're in that literal vehicle that you just said, you can't be like, oh, I want to go this direction. It's like you simply need to move and make a choice, go for it. Like you said, learn. And then I think the path that you're meant to go down in a way will present itself, but you really have to be the one that starts and takes the action. You can't sit around waiting for like, oh, is it just going to like hit me on the head of what I'm going to do and I'm going to do? It's like, no, like the the answers come to those who are taking action and doing the things. And I feel like you're a really good representation of that. Even going back to the horse trailers, you just did that and you didn't realize how important that was for this. And potentially if you never did the horse trailers, you might not have had the confidence and those skills and the lessons learned to pursue the Duran farm and ranch wear. So 
it just all, it is just like the whole picture of how important really taking that action is. And I'm so proud of you for it because a lot of people (laughs) don't, you. you know what I mean? Like a lot of people have those ideas, but then they stay in comfort. And I love that you're able to venture out and really show us that, hey, like there's nothing wrong with, again, changing and getting into a different vehicle but as long as you're not just staying there waiting. And I think that's a huge message too. Thanks. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it takes you a long time. Like I listened to your interview with Josh Andrews, which was excellent, by the way. Um, You know, and he started a saddle line in like seven months, right? And I could listen to that and be like, gosh, dang, like it's taken me longer to like get going than what it has him. But at the end of the day, it, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like it, it doesn't matter if you're in a slower car or a faster mm-hmm. one, like as long as you're, as long as you said, like you're not parked, as mm-hmm. long as you're doing something, um, I think you will get there. So yeah, totally. Okay. I want to go to your, um, just the overalls and that whole thing. One quick thing I want to add on to this whole thing. So quick story is I saw Morgan Wallen last weekend in Toronto and Bailey Zimmerman opened up for him or was one of the opening things. And I was like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. I like some of his songs. Um, I, uh, at the end, he did like a little talk and just said about a story and I have no idea what a story was. And he's like, a lot of people don't know, but he said he just started singing a couple years ago. Like he wasn't raised singing. He wasn't. And I mean, everyone's different. Some people go to Nashville for years and years and are pursuing that dream where for him, it just happened so quickly. And what his whole message was, is that basically it can be a lot closer than you think it is. If you believe Mm -hmm. fully, and he had a Bible scripture that he said, don't remember exactly, but I think it's pretty relatable for all people where it's like anything's possible to those who believe. And you really just have to have that belief. And for him, he believed, he's like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do this, see what I can do. And literally within a couple of years of going down that path, he's opening up for Morgan Wallen. Like I just yeah, that's that amazing. Such a cool story. And he just said, it's a lot closer than you think it is. And I think mm-hmm. that's pretty true as well for most people. They think it's such a faraway fantasy, like you can't even comprehend. But if you fully believe, start taking those steps, it can be a lot closer than you really think it is. And yeah, I feel for you as well, like with the overalls, like how fast it really has progressed and just you, you like online is killing it like I love to see it and just like building that message getting the collaborators getting people behind you like that already is success in my eyes like that's just awesome so I want to talk a little bit about the overalls and how you felt like there was a problem or like when you're designing something or building something there's always a problem you're there to solve so what was the problem that you felt that you could solve for these women in agriculture For sure. So, I mean, I'm a pretty small human and it's always been a challenge to find work here um, in my size that fits well. And I think that's, that's a common struggle for a lot of women. Something maybe a little bit more unique to my personal situation is that, you know, I'm a, I'm a former brow racer, like my colors and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, You know, like I, I never buy neutrals, you know, when I buy something, I'm, I'm always in colors. And I thought, you know, I, maybe I can't be the only one that likes to get a little bit, um, dressed up or, or have some fun. And, um, you know, we don't, go a lot of places. Um, My husband and I, you know, we both work a lot. And so it's not like I'm getting dressed up wearing the nice things in my closet. And so it's nice to have something to wear to the barn or the field that that you feel really confident in. And I just didn't see that at the time. Um, 
I also have always been a super cold person. And so I don't know, somewhere in my late teens, I decided that I was tired of freezing in jeans to go ride at the arena in the winter. So I'd put on, you know, my insulated overalls or whatever uh, to go ride in. But I just, you know, I found like they always kind of rode up at the bottom. They were kind of restricting. The buckles always came undone on me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, like, there's other girls that ride in Carhartts, maybe more would if uh, I could create something that was a little bit more conducive to riding and wasn't going to be so restricting. And so with that in mind, that's how I went to work on these overalls, added some features like a cell phone pocket that would be, you know, something that I personally would find very useful, elastic straps just to give you more mobility. And, um, and yeah, so I, I basically started working with a pattern maker and I said, you know, here's all the things that, um, I, I would like to change about current garments and this is how I want them to fit. And she basically helps you bring my vision to life there. And it's, it's been the same with everything since. So I have long sleeve coveralls that I'll be launching shortly. And again, just, just kind of looking for um, deficiencies in the apparel that I've been wearing and um, and just working to figure out like, okay, how can we make this more functional and kind of cute? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so what was that like? Just so you got in contact with this girl, was she the one that gave you, let's say, a prototype kind of thing that you could take to the next level? Yeah, sort of. So um I guess it started. So I, uh, when I first had this idea, um, I was like, you know, I'm not really sure which direction to go with this. I had reached out to some local Amish to see if they could like help me with this. Cause I don't. So, and, uh, and they were pretty busy. So my aunt, um, previously in her career had worked for Walmart and, um, she was in charge of purchasing for a department of, um, women's clothing. So she had experience in the apparel industry. So I reached out to her and just said, Hey, like, do you have any contacts with someone that I could reach out to? Like, I know nothing about the fashion or clothing industry. And so she put me in touch with a friend of hers in corporate apparel she put me in touch with a, basically a general contractor for all things manufacturing. And he's been really excellent. So he has helped me to find a pattern maker um, and to find a manufacturer for my garments. Um, currently working on getting manufacturing going overseas. So he's helped me with all of that. And, uh, but then, yeah, so that, that pattern maker, uh, the very first sample that I got sent back was actually on, uh, made out of like old curtains. <laughs> She sent me a first prototype um, and then we just kind of worked back and forth until we were happy with the sizing and the fit of everything. And, uh, and yeah, she, she kind of brought that vision to life for me. Mm -hmm. Cool. So from then to now, what has been some of like the biggest lessons that you learned throughout the process? Oh, so many. (laughs) I have so many problems, like all the time that uh that that's actually been such a blessing you know like things little things used to kind of kind of get to me or I'd lose sleep over them now and I I feel like if you meet me now you're like man this girl is like so relaxed but it's just because I have things that go wrong all the time and uh you know they always say like you know basically like get bigger problems right and and that's kind of what's happened for me and that's been good but uh some of the the biggest lessons um Definitely that, you know, everything takes more work than you think it's going to. And kind of going back to to what I said at the beginning, you know, like listening to podcasts really helped me a lot. 
um, you know, Ed Millett, Alex Hermosi, I listen to those guys a lot. And I, I've heard Alex say a lot of the times that, you know, like, you know, no, everybody underestimates like the work that something is going to take. And so I, I have that in the back of my mind because I've heard it several times, right? And I can have a TikTok go viral, you know, get a million views, right? And I might sell 12 pairs of overalls, right? And you think, man, like that is gonna, her business is just gonna really, you know, take off after that, right? Um, and I think, you know, people hear these success stories and uh, they, they don't always realize that, you know, sometimes it does take more work than what you think it's going to. Um, definitely also has taught me patience and to think in, um, you know, kind of think in a longer time span. It takes a long time to get these garments made from start to finish, develop the patterns. I'm going to be launching coveralls that I've been working on for two years now, which is, you know, that, that's a long time to be, to be working on something from start to finish. And, um, and I started to set some like longer term goals for myself. And I think especially our generation, we're so used to things being instantaneous. And this has really taught me to start planning ahead. You know, like if you want to have men's overalls, you know, two years from now, well, honey, you better start working on that now. Right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and just to make sure you have all of your, your manufacturing and everything lined up well in advance. And, and that's something, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at for sure. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, definitely could be better. So those are a couple things. Um, and I guess something else too would be, uh, not to be scared to do things um, when the payoff is not immediate. And I, I kind of learned that through the podcast, right? So, I mean, I, you know, I paid for help with a podcast course, paid for the equipment, paid for the subscription to the hosting site. Um, you know, and it was over a year later when then I ended up essentially getting a job out of it, which was fantastic, right? But you put the time in until that point. And it's, it's the same thing now, you know, I'm, I'm working hard to build my social media presence while I kind of get the manufacturing piece figured out in, in the back end um, and increase my margins. You know, um, I'd be lying if I said that I could support myself just on DFR at this point, right? And so I'm, I'm doing all the work that I feel like is, is necessary for me to be very successful with it in the future, even though you don't always see the payoff from it immediately. And, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that with horses and their riding and everything too. Mm -hmm. Totally. Just the idea of you plant the seed, but you don't harvest it the same day. Like Exactly. You're a yes. farmer, you understand. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. But it is true. And I think that's hard for people. And I feel that as well with even the podcast of me, I think, you know, like we often hold ourselves back from the potential because of the fear, because of just our own insecurities and issues. But for me, like being able to be consistent with something is helpful for me to know like I'm doing the thing. I know the payoff will be there. And one thing that I heard recently that I like to believe is like the longer something takes or the more effort it takes to get there, usually it's the bigger payback. Like mm -hmm. if it, if you get something tomorrow, it's usually like not that life altering. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I asked for something today. I got it tomorrow. Okay, cool. But it doesn't last like the weight and the value of it isn't big. Where if you work on something like your podcast and you waited a whole year to get something, you literally got a new job out of it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's a big reward. So I think sometimes the longer you have to wait and the longer you work for something, usually the higher payback, the bigger the reward. So I like to keep that in my mind just to always be like, 
I'm working towards something. It's going to come and it'll be really good when it does because I've been waiting a while for it. So, And also like when things are hard now, like, yeah, I, I feel like it did used to deter me a little bit. And honestly, when, when things are hard now, um, or I don't have the immediate payoffs that I think I'm going to, like, I literally just say to myself, I'm like, you know, like this is hard, but I will keep going. Whereas not everybody would. And so I almost look at it like, you know, this is, you know, maybe a deterrent from somebody else doing what I'm trying to do. Um, and so I, um, I don't think it's a bad thing when, when things are hard, right? Because you learn a lot in, in pushing through. Mm-hmm, totally. And you really are like, you can be the living example and also just sharing that with your social media and sharing it through the examples, which I think is important because people learn by example and they see the proof and the pudding in a way. Right. And mm-hmm. I think it's cool with you. Like it's been really obvious of your work and what you've been working towards and people want to support that and people want to get behind it, especially when you're kind of being the trailblazer, you're cutting the way, you're chopping those branches down. So it's like, come on, girls, follow me. Like, this is the way we're going. And everyone seems to be so on board with that. So I'm curious what that's been like, just of getting, you know, low key, like the micro influencers and just getting collaborators and people supporting you so much. What has that journey been like? Yeah, so it's been really cool. And um, I had done a bit on social media um, so I want, first launched um, the overalls end of November, beginning of December in 2021, had like limited inventory, um, you know, did my best with Instagram and Facebook that winter sold out. And then I didn't have any more inventory for like the next, you know, six or eight months. And it was also I get busier with my agronomy in the spring and summer. So I really was not consistent with social media, which is important, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of last fall. Um, again, I had a lot of time to think I was like, you know, I need to spend more time and effort on this. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to really do the social media thing. And, um, it was tough at first because I was like, you know, like I, I don't have a lot of products to sell, you know, like all I've got are overalls and some t-shirts, right. I'm like, people are going to get so tired of hearing the features and benefits of these all the time. I'm like, I wouldn't want to see it all the time. Like, how am I not going to bore people? Right. And then I, I was pretty against getting on TikTok for a while. Truthfully, I was like, I'm a millennial. I don't need another app. Um, And then I think it was like the end of October that I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I got on TikTok and I said to myself, I'm going to post TikTok every single day until the end of the year. And we're just going to see what happens. And I had no followers. Like I think when I posted to my Instagram, Um, you know, like go follow me on TikTok. I think I got 12, like I had nothing, right. Didn't know how the app worked, but I just started, started watching like what other creators were doing and started to do things that I thought would be entertaining, um, and funny. And that was kind of the route that I went, because like I said, I didn't have a ton of products to talk about. So I'm just like, well, you know, I'm just going to try and entertain people here. And, um, and that worked and that went over well. And I think people like really, again, like I said before, just like appreciated um, someone bringing light to kind of like the humor that they experience on a day-to-day basis. And so that is really what helped me grow on TikTok and then, um, you know, kind of on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, But circling back to what you had asked. So, you know, people just came on board. I think that people sense energy and so I think when people could see that like I was very excited about my product and how it makes you feel 
Um, and then they got a pair and they loved them. And then and they were excited to share that with their friends. You know, I've, I've, I've had so many gals, you know, tag me in posts and stuff, which has been fantastic. Um, and then starting to work with like some of the other creators and stuff. Um, the, the big one for me was the New York Farm Girls. So they've got a big social media presence. And um, I don't know these girls, obviously. I've never met them. Kind of intimidating, right? And I, I had seen a post that um, Evelyn from New York Farm Girls had posted um, just that, like, she didn't love the pockets on her current overalls. And I was like, oh, like, you know, like, do I offer to send her a pair of mine? Like, well, what if she doesn't like them? You know what I mean? Like, what if she says no? Um, but I was like, I talked it over with my mother-in-law. She's been a huge help too. And I'm um, like, okay, I'm just going to send her a pair. And she ended up loving them has been, you know, a, a great advocate for the brand as well. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just kind of gone from there, honestly. So I think, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, if you can, be vulnerable, be real, provide value to people on social media and bring real energy. I think that people sense that and can get behind you. And, um, and, and you don't have to be perfect either. Like, I mean, like you said, you know, consistency is great. Um, I definitely do notice, you know, um, a difference when I can be posting consistently, but that's not always my reality. You know, I've got three months in the spring where I'm very busy making chemical recommendations, working long hours where my mind just has to be focused on agronomy and I do have to take a step back from some of the social media. And that's okay. You know, like you can, you can still continue moving forward, even if you do have to take breaks. Um, so you definitely, you don't have to be perfect all the time, which is, you know, something that I hope people take to heart. You know, there's, you know, women out there that are working and they've got families and a lot of responsibilities, right. And you know, every single day on social media, like that's okay. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't start. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think there's a lot to be taken from that idea. The one thing you mentioned that I just want to like hit home a little bit more is that when you first started, you had no followers, but you learned by example of what other people were doing. And I think that's so important as well, because sometimes we make excuses like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I think in today's day and age, I don't know how is a very lame excuse that we can't use anymore to stop us from pursuing the things that we have a little hunch and a little idea to do so it's like oh I don't know how to be on TikTok I don't know like what I'm doing but you took the initiative to be like I'm just gonna learn what others do I'm gonna like what do I want to see on here and kind of like solve your own problem like solve your own void that you have and you did that and it showed that a lot of other women resonate with it because you're speaking to a lot of a larger audience. So it's like, if you feel that way about something, there's a really good chance that a lot of other people also feel that way. And mm -hmm. being brave enough to, and also just being willing to be like, yeah, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm just going to put this out there, put this message out here. And that's one thing me and Josh even talked about is just your version of it might resonate with those people. And having that intention, like you said, the energy, the right intentions, the energy behind it, people know that you're coming from a good place and they're willing to help good people. You know what I mean? Like totally. to help the good people. And like doing what is authentic for you. There are, there's so many ways 
to go about social media, right? Like if you look at your platform, um, you know, you post a lot of motivational and educational content that is very relatable to your audience, right? Um, I would say that I lead with a little bit more of a sense of humor. Um, there's all kinds of accounts out there that are very aesthetically pleasing and give you something to um, aspire to be. I'm not great at photography, you know, maybe curating really great shots like that. So that just like wasn't something that I could do easily. Um, I would say like I am a fairly creative person. And so coming up with different ideas for some funnier videos and stuff like that, that is um, something that lies more within my natural talent set. And so that is what I have gravitated to. But there's so many different ways to do it and to be successful that I think you just have to pick whatever is going to work for you. And it, it might be different than the next person. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. It's just being honest with yourself kind of was the message that I got when you're talking even before is being honest with maybe I can't be so consistent. But if you're honest with yourself, you're not going to beat yourself up because of it. You're just going to be honest with, hey, maybe I can't be that consistent or do all the things that I want, but my energy and time is focusing like for you on other things for a couple months. And you're just being honest with yourself. So you understand and give yourself a little bit of that grace to not be consistent or to, you know what I mean? Just that balance. Some things have to fall while others rise. And I think that's just too like really normal, but we don't have to be hard on ourselves while we go through that. As long as we're by being honest and having clarity we won't be hard on ourselves because we understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it'll be a lot easier. So I do want to just like um, one final thing that I'd like to ask is just with all this said and done, I mean, you gave so much good points for us to really think about and to take home with us, but is there one final piece of advice that you would like to leave the listeners with or one thing that you wish you knew sooner? I think one thing I'd like to leave with your listeners in, in particular, because I know that there is a lot of horse girls that are listening. Um, I think that you really owe it to yourself to feel fulfilled and be happy outside of horses. And I think that like, you know, that's, that's coming from experience, something that I kind of had to learn. Um, but for a long time, I, kind of use like my horses in that hobby, um, kind of like as my fulfillment, um, you know, I was working towards riding goals and achieving those. And um, I put a lot of emphasis on that because I wasn't finding the fulfillment in my career and in the workplace. And I think that, you know, that's maybe okay in the short term while you're trying to figure things out. But I think in the long term, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on your horses um, and I, I think that, you know, you owe it to yourself to be, you know, happy and feeling fulfilled for the remaining 40 hours or whatever for the rest of the week. And so I, I do think a lot of people just kind of put a band on that and live for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that people can maybe like hear my story. And if they're kind of in that situation, um, maybe spend some time like with their thoughts, which is hard, right? But just think like, okay, like, you know, what can I do um, so that I'm not just entirely like living for the weekends and putting so much pressure on my horses. And, um, and that's been like, just a, a really great thing for me. I mean, I've, I've taken a bit of a step back um, from riding as much now, but but when I, I am out there, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable for me. You know, I, I find since I have other goals that I'm working towards, 
it's certainly taken the pressure off. And I've found just in turn, like, you know, my riding has improved because of that. So um, that's kind of like, yeah, a little bit off topic from a lot of our conversation, but hopefully something that will resonate with some folks. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of people can feel feel that feeling of what you just said. And the pressure aspect is huge for us. I feel it because it is, it's like a big part of my identity. And I think we hold on to that. And it's so much of, I need to have this result because I put so much time into it. And that even just feels like pressure. Like I already feel anxious even saying that out loud. Yeah. And so yeah. like you said, having different avenues to release and to have a passion is crucial because it's a balance, the balance of life. You need to feel those things in other areas. So you're not putting so much emphasis on what you just said of the weekend, the horses having that result. And yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that as well. So I appreciate you saying that. And I'm actually curious a little bit. So what has that been like for you? Just being okay with slowing down with the horses? Was it a bit of a transition? Was it hard? Tell us what that was like. Yeah. So it actually, you know, everything I, I think kind of worked out for me, like how, how it was supposed to, um, to give a little backstory, like for folks who don't know, you know, I, I barrel raced for a long time. It was never great. You know, like I'm a, I'm a 3d, 3d rider, had 3d horses. Um, but really loved it, you know, like kind of live for, live for the weekends. Um, when I moved to Huron County where I reside now, um, I changed things up a little bit, uh, kind of fell in love with some of the cattle sports and went more the, the cow horse cutting direction, tried that, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, then as I started to get busier, just, you know, flipping the trailers and working more with DFR, I just didn't have the time to commit to going to lessons that were so far away. Um, you know, didn't have cattle at home to work. So the barrel racing was a little bit easier for, for me to, to do on a daily basis. And so I was, you know, getting lessons, um, working towards competing pretty consistently. And then at the beginning of last summer, um, my gelding came up sore, foot sore, and he was off for a couple months. And um, like I, I said, you know, it was kind of a blessing because I just, I had that time to really sit down and figure out, you know, which kind of which direction I was going to go at that time. Um, I'd kind of stop flipping trailers just because um, the market had shifted a bit. And, um, and I just realized like I needed to, to streamline my efforts. And so it was kind of a blessing for me in a way just to take a step be forced to take a step back and really sit and figure out like, okay, like what is going to really make you happy outside of horses. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Um, and then I, you know, I, I took some time off. I was like, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be like, you know, big business woman. And like, I don't really need to be riding. Like it's kind of a waste of my time, like waste my money. Like I really need to be focusing on this, which, which maybe was true for a time. You know, I, I do think I needed that mental energy just to make some hard decisions, right? Like it's tough to leave your job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for a time that might've been true. And then kind of this spring, you know, like I, I went through my busy spring season. Um, and by the end, I was just, you know, kind of burnt out from just working all the time. And uh, I think I, I falsely believed that, you know, if I was going to try and pursue a couple of different businesses, that I really didn't have time to be riding so much. And I had a good friend kind of put me in my place. And I'm glad that she did. She's like, you know, I you keep talking about getting back to it. She's like, I I think you just should. She's like, you know, like, just just try it. right? 
<laughs> and so, <laughs> so I've, I've been, been getting back more to it now and, uh, and finding a nice balance. Um, and yeah, realizing that, you know, you can still go out and ride a few times a week and really enjoy your horse and maybe get out and compete a, a little bit without, um, you know, without having to go to every show on the mm -hmm. weekend, right. Or, or putting a lot of emphasis on it. So there's a lot of, a lot of different ways to do it for sure um but what I what I've kind of decided now is that I uh I really only kind of want to like model how I want my life to look after people that are doing it ex exactly how I would want to and so I think I you know I'd seen a lot of people in business that had maybe given up hobbies and so I felt like maybe that was something I needed to do mm -hmm. and now I kind of look to like you know somebody like Fallon Taylor and I'm like you know she's she's doing it all and like that is hard like I don't know if that woman gets the credit that she deserves because she's you know truly a superwoman but I'm like you know she's riding she's running a business she's got a family and so I kind of look at it as like you know like that's the goal now right like I, I'd like to try and you know, find some type of balance eventually. So, so that's what I'm aiming for. We'll, we'll hopefully see me back in the show pen at some point. <laughs> Good. And I, I think it's a bit of um, a perspective adjustment of what horses are, where sometimes if we get burnt out, even the idea of, oh, if I ride, that means I have to go to every show. It means I have to do this. I have a horse. So it means I need to like, it's always a need. It's like, oh, I have to do that. I have to do that. And I felt like I was always kind of raised with like, oh, Shelby, you have to go ride. You have to do this. And I think it is that perspective as well of, well, for you. And I feel it as well of using horses as a way of like a therapy. Like we don't have to mm -hmm. use them to be a working machine to get a result in the arena. It's like, we can just go outside and like take a breath of air, take care of our horses and enjoy every minute, not having to be purposeful, like not having to be productive. It could just be going out and let them ground you and just enjoying that experience and using them in that way as therapy, which I think they're kind of intended for, for us. And we kind of miss that picture sometimes when we're so focused on this end goal or like having to strive for something so great where it's like, take a step back and use them for what you need in this moment. Like if you just need to go out for a nice casual ride, then go do that and just enjoy doing that and not feeling bad or guilty. Like, oh, I have to get something done. It's like, just enjoy them for what they are. That's what, you know what I mean? It's so what they're there for. And I think like, it sounds like that you've kind of found that balance and you can start working towards maybe more horse goals, but it is really learning that, that they're not that everything, like that whole purpose driven package that we think that they are for us. So. Yeah. No, that's a, that's definitely a good point for sure. And I mean, I, you know, I won't kid myself too. I mean, I've got goals, you know, like I'd love to have a nice cow horse one day, but I'm like, you know, my, my business has got to get to that point. Right. And so I think it's, you know, I, <laughs> people can, uh, people can poke fun of horse girls if they want to, but I feel like they also like create so much drive in us, you know what I mean? To like, to do big things in the world and uh, to be able to like afford that, that hobby or that lifestyle. Right. And so it's, it's certainly a big driving factor for me and like, and I, I hope I get there one day. Right. And I might not, and that's okay, but I, I'm working towards it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually a good point. Even just saying Fallon Taylor, I remember listening to one of her podcasts that she was on, I think with Clinton Anderson. And she just said how 
She was raised with a pretty good upbringing. Her parents were pretty well off, but when she was cut off from that, it's like she wanted to continue living that lifestyle of being able to buy the fancy horses and just being able to live that lifestyle that she was used to. So she had to dig into something and find something and make it work. And same for you, same for me. It's like I envision a lifestyle for myself and we're taking these steps maybe that aren't directly related to horses, but they're on a mission and the purpose to get there. You know what I mean? It's totally. Like a lifestyle, that goal. It's like, how can we get there and do it on our, not do it on our own, but do it in a way like that we're kind of creating the life in the process that we want. So it's not like we're killing ourselves five days a week just for that. We're kind of building that whole package lifestyle. And it really does give us a lot of drive because we truly want it. Like, I don't know why, totally. I don't know what it is about them, but we we want it. We want to do it yeah. <laughs> and we're willing to really make those sacrifices and just take those steps and really dive in to make it happen. So I think that's also a really good point to use it as fuel, use it as a way to be like, I need, like, I want to get here. How can I, you know, make that happen for myself? So, totally. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love it. This is so good. I'm like, yeah. I'm always so paranoid that it doesn't always record, but I know it's there and I like keep checking. Like, I, I see you're recording. This has been a great conversation and I'm yeah. really, really happy that you joined us today. So just to um, finish this all up here, tell us where people, people that are listening that's like, man, I love Michelle. How can I find her? How can I find her on TikTok? Where can they find you and connect with you further? So on Instagram and TikTok, I am DFR where uh, Facebook, Dernan Farm and Ranch where and website is dfrware.ca. But I am the funniest on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's where we just let our, our freak flags fly and just do everything. I know that's it's right. so, so funny. Eh? It is kind of the place where you can just kind of let it let down all the the boundaries, the barriers, the walls, you just really let totally. it all in there. So yeah, everyone check out her TikTok because it is really good. <laughs> they'll put a smile on your face. Like it's super cute. And like some of the stuff is just awesome. So um, I'm definitely really proud of you for everything you've done and just really being that advocate for people and especially women in the farming and the horse girls out there that, you know, like being the living example is huge. And I'm really, really happy that we were able to do this and that you're continuing to be that example for us. So thank you so much. I will keep trying and thank you as well because I mean like I said I've I've learned so much and grown so much from listening to podcasts like yours so keep at it yeah thank you I will try we hope you like the podcast and if you did please leave us a review it really helps us get get noticed and we currently don't run ads and that's because we want to keep the show full of nothing but value for you all so to help us we'd appreciate a review on any platform that you can also do you want to see more content about the horse life personal development mindset and more head over to our free off social media community platform it works like facebook but it's even better because it's full of only riders and i can't wait to see you in there